0: Welcome to the Evangelizing Catholic Culture Podcast Show with your host, Father David Tickerhoof, T O R. Father David is a retired priest currently ministering in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, at Our Lady, Queen of Peace, House of Evangelization. You can find the show notes for each episode on the podcast website, Evangelizing Catholic Culture The teachings in this podcast are the thoughts and prayers of Father Tickerhoof, and are based upon his good standing in the Catholic Church. And now, here's your host, Father David. You can find the show notes for today's podcast, Power Focused Prayer, Episode 14, at Evangelizing Catholic Culture Podcast. Dot com, and now here's Father.
1: Welcome to everyone. Welcome. What we're looking at uh, for the topic and po- uh, power focused prayer is the fire of forgiveness two. We dealt with uh, last week the fire of forgiveness one. But before we get into that, I just want to say spring is really here in Pittsburgh. It's glorious. Uh, yesterday it was 65. The sun was out, and there's a A water reservoir about five or ten minutes from here, and people walk around. There's a big path around it, and there was a lot of people just hanging out there. So it was just a glorious day, and we're we're headed to warmer weather for sure. Before we get into the main theme of this section of the presentation, which is power-focused prayer brings everything in relationship to forgiveness, to complete freedom. I'll repeat that. Power-focused prayer brings everything in relationship to forgiveness to complete freedom. And I'm going to give eventually four points on that. But I'd just like to review a little bit the whole notion of the gift of forgiveness. And uh, and then I'll get into the uh, four points. First of all, in our baptism of water, we receive the divine infusion of the Holy Spirit. We call that the indwelling of God in our hearts or the inhabitation of the presence of God. And for us Christians, it's the dynamic, beautiful gift of God's merciful love in Jesus to the Father and in the Spirit. And it's an act of indwelling that's always working with us because the Father loves his sons and daughters so beautifully. So in looking at uh, the uh, understanding of forgiveness, generally speaking, forgiveness is a process. We deal with the main thing in front of us that we're experiencing, but it's a process of growth and development. Because being baptized in water,
0: in,
1: in uh, St. Matthew's Gospel, uh, St. John Uh, talks about, John the Baptist talks about, one is coming who will baptize you in, uh, in water and in fire, in the spirit and in fire, in the spirit and in fire. And so we experience God's willingness and his love and his mercy to be always there, always present, always leading us to deeper and deeper lengths of forgiveness and so it's a process. And, as, and yet it's an event in one situation with specific things. It still is a process in relationship to the growth, growth in the freedom that comes from life-giving repentance and forgiveness. So forgiveness also has different levels. Like we could deal with one thing, and a year later something else comes up from that. And it's because God's work of transformation and purification through the gift of forgiveness is deepening and deepening and deepening inside us, or it's lifting us higher and higher into the gifts of grace-filled holiness. So his loving forgiveness is always with us. It's always with us. And it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And it's the fire of forgiveness is a cleansing action. It's an on going reality. Okay, before I talk about the four things I want to say this. Many times when people try to forgive, they can they they get anxious and they get striving and they feel like they can't forgive because they don't feel the deep freedom and the completion and closure. But anxious striving is not the attitude we should have when we work with the uh, dynamism of forgiveness and the grace of forgiveness. But we should have an attitude of peacefulness um, and of great gratitude for God's infinite mercy because in forgiveness, the only thing we bring to it is the willingness to receive it because God is the one who brings it. Jesus, in the power of his Holy Spirit and the gift of his cleansing blood, he's the one who brings us transformation and, and the fullness of that in in our life okay now that was so some general remarks because people come frequently they 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 say I tried to forgive and I try to forgive and it hasn't worked it's not worked I don't know why it hasn't worked and it bothers me so much because these bad memories keep coming back and they disturb me but see that's not what has should happen in the freedom of forgiveness The memories are always going to be there. We have memories from the past things. But the power to harm, the power to hurt, the power to make us unsettled and peace peace, uh, without peace and anxiety should be gone. So we need to bring forgiveness in in the, the momentary events and in the process itself to a sense of freedom where all of a sudden these things that are worrisome from the past just sort of melt away. They melt away from us. So now, let's get down to the goal. Power-focused prayer brings everything in relationship to forgiveness to complete freedom. I want to just really repeat a little bit more from the summary of of uh the fire of forgiveness from the last talk that we did. And I say this, this process leads to complete freedom Freedom in relationships to forgiveness. There's four aspects or four dimensions that bring the closure and bring us to complete freedom. The first one is a sincere and honest decision and an appropriate action to exercise heartfelt, forgiveness, not just a superficial, cerebral thinking that I want to forgive or wishing that I want to forgive, but really a heartfelt desire to forgive this person or this person for these hurts and these wounds that I've received or this this, uh, hurt that has come to me in my current situation at work or whatever. So it has to be a, a heartfelt forgiveness, so sometimes we don't want to... A heartfelt forgiveness, because we feel that this person that hurt us is not is not going to get paid back for what they did, or is not going to stop, or we're, that's talking about reconciliation. We don't forgiveness is not the same thing as reconciliation. There are different things. Sometimes we'll never be reconciled. A person has passed away; the situation of gone, but forgiveness can always be there that brings the freedom. So, a sincere and honest decision an appropriate action to exercise heartfelt forgiveness is the first point number 2 second point a willingness then to receive the necessary ministry that surfaces surrounding the forgiveness and the surrounding the forgiveness situation sometimes we forgive and we want to forgive But what has happened is the the hurt and the situation of forgiveness has has surfaced other areas that need attention for healing and transformation that surround the forgiveness event. And so we have to look to see, do we need counseling? Do we need prayer for healing in other areas? Uh, Do do we need uh, some further attention uh, of ministry that's going to surface Uh, and, and continue and deepen the forgiveness decision. That's the second point. Now, the third point is at some point there has to be a letting go and a surrendering of all the negative elements involved in forgiveness itself and those things that have surfaced around the forgiveness. And that's where the work of grace after the decision to forgive can bring a transforming influence that brings freedom and removes the painful kind of worrisome memories of the hurts that we've received either in, in, in that regard. And so in looking at that forgiveness, then, we have to at some point let it go. We've got to leave the situation go. The the, the painful situation that happened when I experienced these rejections or I lost my job or uh, I was struggling with my husband or wife, at some point after we've decided to forgive, and after we've received the healing and ministry uh, for any kind of associated things that need attention, then we let it go. We surrender it and we put it in God's hands. And that's the third thing, the, the third aspect that brings us moves us towards uh, the freedom and completion of the forgiveness. The fourth thing, and the one that really kind of is like the icing on the cake, or this this one brings conclusion because it settles it. it settles everything, and that is the power focused prayer for the individual or the individual who individuals who have caused the problem or the situation, all four of these now, in some way, in a gentle, transforming work of grace through the fire of the Holy Spirit, need to come together. And, and come to completion, that's what brings us to feel the freedom then, and the closure. And our negative feelings just melt away, the worries the attitudes of the hurts of the past don't come back anymore, even though the memories are there. And we finally feel God's mercy and, and love in working in, inside us, in our mind and heart, and bringing us to complete freedom. Those four things, a sincere and honest decision and the appropriate action to exercise heartfelt forgiveness, the willingness to receive the necessary ministry that surfaces surrounding the forgiveness situation. Number third, the letting go and surrendering all the negative elements involved in the forgiveness itself and those things that have surfaced around the forgiveness. And uh, fourth, power-focused prayer for the persons who have hurt us. What that does, because remember, we're in in Jesus, we're in the power of the Holy Spirit, we're in the Father's love, because we have completed these these first three points. So when we turn and pray for the other person, brothers and sisters, that prayer in and of itself moves to that person and brings grace and healing in that other person's life, uh, maybe even miracles, conversion, changes, maybe momentarily, but maybe it takes a, a, over a period of time. But what it does for us is it basically brings a certain sense of healing and transformation because we then have taken on the mercy mission. And the mercy mission to that person brings self healing and transformation while we're focusing on the well-being of the person or the situation that has hurt us. So the goal is to come to closure and complete freedom in the process and in the decision of forgiveness. Okay, some things to think about generated, and I'll be repetitive here to some degree. Some things to think about generated by the content of what I just presented. After going through each step of the process, check to see if the negative attitudes and hurts are gone. The memories may still be there, but they have lost the power to hurt me or to wound me. So I need to receive God's forgiveness. We believe in that. I, I forgive the other person, but I also need to forgive myself. If there has been any kind of things involved in that situation, and 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 then and I hold wounds and hurts that I've hurt others or that I've hurt myself, and I don't forgive myself when I've made mistakes or I sin, that you have to forgive yourself. If you don't forgive yourself, forgiveness will never come to its closure and completion. The memories may gradually fade uh, uh, naturally away over time. So be open to understand that the forgiveness power may need more than one episode of forgiving prayer. Also consider that the process may happen by uncovering subsequent levels. This is a very natural part of the human process of growth. This could be the case in longstanding abuse or hurts by others. In some situations, the thought of betrayal or the wounds triggers unhealed hurts and attitudes and wounds in other areas of my life or of the person's life. For example, the thought of the current event brings up other deep negative feelings, say, of self-pity. Self-pity is a subtle kind of form of self-hatred or self-rejection. The feelings of self-pity anesthetizes our pain, and it makes us feel good, so we indulge in self-pity. Maybe we have a problem with anger that makes us feel uh, vengeful or victimized, so we compulsively want to get back at the one who has hurt us. These real issues may not necessarily be directly related to the forgiveness. Therefore, we may need some simple healing or deliverance in adjacent areas so that our freedom from, from, from from forgiveness can take hold in us and the power-focused prayer for those who have hurt us can bring freedom in our heart by some self-healing prayer. Also, some of us, by our upbringing and training, may have to struggle with anxious perfectionism, for which there may be a need for some spiritual ministry or pastoral attention beyond the forgiveness process. Because these painful issues are deeply rooted in our human personhood. They may automatically surface significant other areas which need healing. Oh, brothers and sisters, this is not an uncommon thing, and we should not be unsettled or disturbed by that. We should recognize that in every given moment the grace of God's healing and forgiveness is is with us. And if we know the method We can use to receive the freedom, God is so much very willing to bring those things about in our personal lives. If you want God to know that you are hungry, then know that another is hungry. If you hope for mercy, show mercy. If you look for kindness, Show kindness. If you want to receive, then give. Let this be the pattern for all of us when we practice mercy. Show mercy to others in the same way, with the same generosity, with the same promptness as you want others to show mercy to you. Therefore, let prayer in our penitential sacrifices and our acts of mercy be one single plea to God on our behalf, one speech in our defense, a threefold united prayer in our favor. With this offering of sacrifice, the Lord, the Lord who loves us, will receive it as an offering. For this kind of sacrifice to God is a broken and wounded spirit. God does not despise a bruised and humbled heart. St. Peter Christologist talks about this in Liturgical Prayer, volume, volume 2, pages 231 to 232. Penitential sacrifice that we offer for others replaces uh, the, the, the word of fasting. It's, it's a way of bringing what we call fasting in an act of freedom and transformation for ourselves and for others. Offer yourself to God. Make him an oblation of your penitential sacrifice so that you may be a pure offering, a holy sacrifice, a living, love-filled victim remaining your own and at the same time make made over to God. And here I quote that wonderful passage St. Paul speaks about at the beginning of chapter 12 in Romans, verses 1 to 3. I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God your spiritual worship do not be conform, conform yourselves to this age but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may discern what is the will of God what is good and pleasing and perfect and when it comes to not conforming ourselves to the world it means leaving the the reality of today's worldliness which abounds in abundance leaving those things go ceasing from those things and turning and focusing upon the gift of god's transforming love as we offer ourselves in love to god in the spirit of humble forgiveness and mercy to god to others, and to ourselves. A suggested approach, an approach for complete freedom through forgiveness, I mentioned four steps necessary in order for a person to experience complete spiritual freedom in relationship to significant forgiveness. I would like to present a suggestion which would be connected to the fourth step which is power-focused prayer for individuals I have forgiven. This approach can easily be used for praying for others for forgiveness, for atonement, for reparation, for any kind of an intercession. I use the term power-focused because it has remarkable results in bringing about change in in the lives of those we pray for, it is a procedure for cleansing, for healing, for mercy, and for conversion. I'm going to present a simple formula, and then I will give further commentary on the specifics. First of all, we pray. When we want to do power-focused prayer, we place ourselves in the presence of the divine, merciful love of God. Then we picture the person or group we want to pray or do intercession for. Even though I'm praying for a particular person, we directly address this formula to the presence of the divine, to God himself. In my prayer, for a particular person or group, in other words, what we do is we as soon as we turn to start prayer, we, we focus on God and we place ourselves, which we already have, the God's presence in our hearts, we become one with God, and we take the God's stand, so that actually, when we pray for the other person, what happens is... It's God's power, God's action, God's mercy. He's listening to us because it's according to his will and he moves in the other person to bring healing, to bring mercy, and to bring transformation. And so, okay, we place ourselves in the presence of God and we're one with him. Remember, the inhabitation, the indwelling? And we say this, I am very sorry for all the hard and painful and difficult things that have happened to you in this particular situation and your whole life. Now, you are in union with God's heart and the Father's heart of merciful sorrow for these struggles in that person. At this point, you have just stepped into SELP, capital C, capital E, capital L, capital P. What's SELP? Self is the compassionate, evoking love power of the divine. Thus, God's love becomes the primary and proactive power in this process of forgiveness. So after you say, uh, I am sorry, remember, it's it's the divine union that you're, you're praying here. Now you say, I take complete concern and total responsibility for everything you have experienced. That is the release of the power from the heart of God for that person. Now, this doesn't mean that you take on any guilt or negative experiences of the person you are praying for. It simply means that you have become one with the divine power of the prayer of mercy and healing and forgiveness. And then you say, I sincerely ask you to please forgive me. This action brings the healing power of the Lord to the recipient of the prayer, and secondarily, but really to you as well. Because as you pray this, you're getting out of yourself. And you're focusing on the other, and as the Lord's love moves to the other person, it also moves to your heart. And then you say, I love you very much, and I thank you for everything. I thank you. I love you, and you love. So, what are you doing? You are projecting the full love of God in your love to that person. I love you very much, and then you say when you pray this prayer, you become that conduit for the divine power of of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit to act in the recipient's life, and as yours as well. This procedure should be a spirit-led experience done with your heart, primarily, with your heart primarily open then for inspiration, rather than just some sort of mental, intellectual, cerebral thought. For you have placed yourself in the divine connection, so now the, 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 the power-evoking, compassionate love of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is intimately and proactively present to the person or group you are praying for. When you say, I love you, you are bringing and sharing the infinite love of God for the person you are praying for. When you say, thank you, you are recognizing, that's the last thing, thank you, I thank you. You are recognizing the the dignity and the creation and the new creation of that person because of their unique and special person that they are, in God, and that God has created them to be in this new creation. So this prayer, this prayer, this power-focused prayer, is a beautiful prayer of love. That not only does it bring transformation when we intercede, when we do atonement, when we do reparation. And when we pray for others for any kind of intercession, not only is it bringing grace to others, but it's also bringing grace to myself. This is the wonderful gift of the wonderful gift of, of a fire-focused prayer of love that we have for for others and for ourselves. So with great gratitude, as we live in this new creation, may we pray. <clears> o
0: <throat> oh Lord,
1: spur us on to desire and possess a more abundant life through the healing gift of mercy. And being rich in mercy, you constantly offer pardon. And and call we are sinners, and we call on you and to trust that we trust in your forgiveness alone. You have never turned away from us. And through time and time again, we have broken your covenant. You have bound the human family to yourself through Jesus, your Son, our Savior and Redeemer, with a new bond of love so tight that it can never be undone. Even now, in quote, the grace of the present moment, this time of grace, and forgiveness that each one of us has turns us back to you, reconciles us to you, and grants us hope and freedom in your Son, Father, your Son, Jesus, and gives us a great desire of be, to be of service to all as we entrust ourselves more fully to the Holy Spirit. And so filled with love and wonder, we extol the power of your mercy and healing love and proclaim to others the joy of salvation which comes from you. And we pray this prayer in the power of the cross and the glory of the resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: The opinions on this broadcast are those of Father Tickerhoof. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast, and please share this podcast with a friend. And to contact Father David, email him at frdavidjt at gmail.com. And be sure to leave Father a star rating on any podcast app. You can find more information about Father David on Evangelizing Catholic evangelizingcatholicculturepodcast.com.